Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Dare Daniel podcast. My name is Daniel Barnes. I'm the film critic for the Sacramento News and Review. My co-host, as always, is comedian Corky McDonald. Say hi. Where are the white women at? On this fun size, why did that happen? On this fun size mini episode, we're going to look ahead to our upcoming review of Can't Stop the Music. We're going to look back to last week's review of The Dark Tower. Our question of the week is going to be a little different. Quirky is going to ask me some beer questions. And then we're going to read some listener dares as well as some of the reviews you guys have been leaving for us on iTunes. Yeah. So let's start by talking about next week's review coming out on Tuesday. Quirky, I want to put you in the right mindset for this. I'm, I'm there. The year is 1980. Every single person who has spent the last three years neck deep in a mountain of cocaine agrees the disco will never die meanwhile a rival studio is in production on xanadu certain to become a blockbuster hit what do you do corky what do you do i take my last bump of coke (laughs) i clean off the mirror with my finger and rub it on my gum i turn up the village people yeah and i shout to the heavens Disco lives on. Yeah. Let's make a movie about the village people and release it in the year 1980. Let's listen to the trailer for Can't Stop the Music. Let's go to the clip. It's the musical extravaganza that launches the 80s. It's Alan Carr's Can't Stop the Music. You can't stop the music. Once you see it, you'll know why you can't stop the glamour. You can't stop the excitement. You can't stop the laughter. Most of all, you can't stop the music. You can't stop the music. Can't stop Nobody the music. Starring Village music. People. Take the heat from flame. Try to feel Valerie Perron. Though you try in vain. It's what she sees. Bruce Jenner. Starring Tammy Grimes, June Havoc, Barbara Rush, Out to East Davis, Marilyn Sokol, and a special appearance by the Ritchie family. Once it begins, you can't stop the music. The 
new musical Sounds of the 80s are composed and produced by Chuck Morelli. Watch for the exciting new Pinnacle Photo Book, an EMI film from AFD. Original soundtrack records and tapes available through Casablanca Records. So that was Nancy Walker's Can't Stop the Music, which came out in 1980. If you have an Amazon Prime or an Epix subscription, it is available for free to watch. Otherwise, you lucky sons of bitches. Right? You had it the whole time and you didn't even know. It's also available to rent on iTunes and Vudu if you don't have those uh, subscriptions. And we will have that review coming out on Tuesday. Quick, I think it's one of the best episodes that we've done. It's one of my favorite episodes that we've done. I'm looking forward to people being able to listen to this one. Yeah, this will be a good one. I'm excited for you people because of how blessed you're going to be listening to how great we are. Okay? I think that's a great point. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you for making another great point. I think it was a great point well made. Right. God, you're so right. And I'd like to congratulate you for congratulating me on it. (laughs) Being right about things and knowing your rightness, that's all part of greatness, right? It's beautiful. Ah, It's a symbiosis of greatness. We're just rising towards the heavens. Again, you people are lucky for hearing us discuss this. You are welcome. (laughs) So now let's look back at our previous review of a little film called The Dark Tower, uh, this adaptation of the Stephen King book starring Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. Corky, looking back at our review and looking back at the movie, do you want to apologize to me? Would you like to admit how wrong you are? And what do you think is an appropriate punishment for yourself? Well, as my arbitration lawyer has advised me to say, no, Daniel. And I think you're being very presumptuous to think that I would ever change my mind. I cannot comment on this film. (laughs) Entertaining bit of film that I think Dare Daniel is perfectly suited for. Mm. At this time, yes, I will say those stuck up, head up their Mm -hmm. own ass, justifying their pitiful excuses critics. Couldn't agree more. Tanked this movie by word of mouth before it got a chance to be seen by a lot of people. It's an enjoyable movie. You will like it. I guarantee you, you will like it. I make no such guarantees for or against, but I guarantee one thing. I hated it. (laughs) I thought this was just an awful, awful Almost unwatchable movie, and I disliked it quite a bit. There's no other movie that I'm dying for people who heard us talk about to message us and let us know. Be like, Team Quirky, Team Daniel. Exactly. Hashtag Team Quirky, Uh hashtag Team Daniel. Let's get these hashtags going, people. Go it. All right, so that closes the book on that dark chapter in Dear Daniel History. (laughs) But go back and check out that episode if you haven't heard it. I'd like to apologize. Please. For the fist fight we got into after the show. Well... That was a little dirty. I think, but knifing in my tires was a little bit not fair play, Daniel. Uh, I felt it was an elegant bit of revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your dog. <laughs> For our question of the week, usually we have film questions, but Corky was uh, talking to me after a show a few weeks ago, and he was saying, I want to ask you beer questions. And yeah. I said, get this on the air, mainly because I do not converse with you off air. No. If I could, like you said it and it was like dead silence, I actually just walked away. Yeah. Then texted you later and was like, let's get this on the air. Yeah. Your lawyer contacted mine. I refuse to speak to you unless there's a microphone in front of me. We don't look at each other. Who said that? Who said that? Am I here by myself? Oh, there he is. So this is inspired by a conversation I had in a bar with a lovely young woman who had listened to the Dare Daniel podcast and was asking me questions about beer. And I said, I sponge head the beer. I got nothing. Yeah. I know how to repeat things that I I don't know what I'm talking about, though, when I say it. So let's just break it down. Let's go step by step for a neophyte like me. I like beer. I should say, first of all, you know, before we get into this, I have no idea the questions you're asking me. These have not been pre-approved, which is an outrage. 
Um, <laughs> but I should I, say I don't really have any formal training. I, I drink a lot of beer. I've I've been around the beer scene a lot. I go to a lot of breweries. I talk to a lot of people. I write a lot of articles and all that. Um, but I don't. I've not. I'm not a home brewer. I don't have a lot of like formal education. But I've been around the block a couple of times. I've I've I'm street smart. Yeah. So uh, pepper me with your questions, but I, I may defer on some of these. Just I'm, I'm having no idea what's coming my way. Okay. But hit me, hit me, baby. What are the ingredients to a beer? So the base ingredients to the beer, of course, water. I mean, that's that's the liquid, right? Yeah. Uh, the fermenting grains, um, the yeast, which is the activator, and then the hops, which gives you bitterness, uh, flavor, aroma, things like that. Those are your four basic main ingredients. The world over, that's how you make beer. That's it. I mean, that's that's it. Those are the four things that almost every beer has. Some beers, you know, have no hops or very little hops, or or some have a lot of things. There's various tons of types of hops, tons of types of grains, tons of types of yeasts. So even the water, there's various types of water. Wow. Okay. In my rudimentary research, and and I've been around the block myself a couple mm. times uh, with various partners. I'll say. <laughs> I'm not the first Dare Daniel, you know. <laughs> There was there were two others. There was Dare Danny. <laughs> there was Cajole Craig. This <laughs> like I'm Anastasia Steele. Yeah, I'm like the tenth. I'm the tenth one. Oh. Uh, we won't b- discuss B rate Brendan. <laughs> but there's ales and there's loggers. Yes. Is that right? There's a difference between the two. The main difference is a true lager is cold fermented and an ale is uh, warm fermented or hot fermented. Uh, there's also different yeasts, so like lager yeast. Some people don't do a true lagering, but they will make a light beer with a, y- a lager yeast and the kind of hops that can, that can mimic that. Okay. Urban Roots, for example, is a, a place that has a great lagering program. A new, a new place, uh, Urban Roots, in uh, Midtown. They do a true lagering program. It's just that it takes longer. So a lot of places, it's just not ah. as cost-effective because it's more time-consuming. Gotcha. An IPA, you can push that. A good brewer can push that through in about two weeks of fermentation, whereas the lager is going to take more like 30, 45 days. Is that why you get the more the microbreweries? Is, is that even a term anymore, microbrewery? Oh, absolutely. Focusing on IPAs as opposed to – or ales as opposed to lagers? That's one of the big reasons. But also IPAs and, and hoppy beers are just extremely popular as ah, well. So okay. it's another reason that a lot of times you'll go to a brewery, They'll have 12 beers up on the board, and six to nine of them are pale ales, IPAs, or double IPAs. It definitely feels that way. Now, what are you looking for in a lager? Lager, you want crisp flavor. You want a real clean flavor. It's it's a light, drinkable beer. It's usually very light and pale in color. It's kind of a a classic sort of river beer. Yeah. We we live in Sacramento. We grew up in Sacramento. River beer is a concept here. There's beers you drink at the river because they're easy to drink, refreshing summertime river beers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like a lot of uh, people make the kind of fake lagers and stuff like that. And, and you know, I mean, it's just like with any style. There's good, there's bad, there's fake, there's real, there's, you know, all, all kinds of varying things. I mean, my, my thing with beer is usually that if I trust a brewery, I'm probably going to trust that they will make a good beer. And I got regardless you. of the style, whether it's a Kolsch or a Pilsner or a double IPA or a stout. New Glory, for example, is a place that we go to a lot and a yeah. place where I bring beers to the show from a lot. And I have Im- implicit trust that no matter what style that I'm going to want to try it. 
All right, so that's lagers. Mm. Now, what are you looking for in an ale? That can go so many different ways. I mean, as the lager can, too. And what we're seeing with craft beers, especially in America, is that there's just a lot of experimentation. There's a lot of, like, let's throw this in the beer and, and see what happens. Uh, you get things like you have the classic ales, like a pale ale yeah, or uh, an Indian pale ale, double Indian pale ale, which basically just the um, hop amounts are going up as you get higher up in there, and the alcohol is getting higher as well. So. I'm going to bring up some terms that I've heard you use All right. that it's double Dutch to me. I don't know what you're saying. 40% so. of these are made up. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I was, yeah, a schwimby bimby? That's sh- nothing. Really? Yeah, sorry. Oh, man, I sounded like such an ass at the bar then. <laughs> you really did. What's a hazy IPA? Hazy IPA. So uh, we all know the IPA. So just, well, I guess for anyone who doesn't know, pale ale, that's pretty obvious, right? The India pale ale... Uh, historically, that was created because these uh, British brewers who were making this beer to send to India, when it was still part of the British Empire, wow. would add more hops into them because that was a preservative for these long uh, voyages over ship. Um, then that became v- – the India Pale Ale kind of really gained popularity in America, I would say, in the kind of 90s and 2000s when the craft beer uh, scene really started to take off. And suddenly – people really wanted these hoppy beers like kind of the classic conception was like we don't want a super uh, hoppy sort of beer so that's what an ipa is just basically a very hoppy sort of ale uh, the west coast ipa became very popular in california um like green flash uh, created the west coast ipa and that is essentially an ipa that is very piney that is clear that is fined and filtered so that all of the yeast comes out and all of those flavors don't get into it. The hazy IPA does not fine and filter the beer, so it's usually kind of cloudy, ah. um, and it, it, the yeast kind of uh, seeps more into it. And that also is why you get a softer bitterness, because that yeast is in there counteracting the bitterness of the hops. As a hazy IPA convert, that's what I I care about, is that lack of bitterness that traditional ipas gave me absolutely yeah so you know one way to think of it is when i think of a west coast ipa i think hop bomb you know that's a term like hop bomb this is a real hop bomb okay think more like a yeast bomb yeast bomb yeah i dated a girl like (laughs) (laughs) sorry to the female (laughs) listenership Oh, fuck. So more hazy in appearance, uh, softer in mouthfeel, and lower in bitterness, generally speaking. Okay. How about a Northeast IPA? Same thing. Okay. It was called a Northeast-style IPA because that style of leaving it unfiltered became especially popular in New England. Uh, and on especially a beer called Hetty Topper, ah. um, which was one of those beers, if you go to like a, a site like Beer Advocate or Untapped or Is something. Is that a play on Hedda Hopper? I don't think so. Okay. Well, it should be. <laughs> it should be, right? Uh, but that's a beer that's like one of the top-rated beers in the world, and it became extremely popular. It's super hard to get, and it, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, all these places in Vermont and all these places in uh, Massachusetts and all these New England breweries are brewing all these Northeast-style IPAs. So hazy, Northeast-style, New England IPA, all the same thing. It's just different regions doing their version at the same time, kind of? It's basically different words for the same thing. Okay. A New England slash Northeast IPA is a hazy IPA. I bet there's a lot of territorial bullshit that goes on with this. Oh, yeah. Right? They're like, this is a Southern New Hampshire IPA, you son of a bitch. So speaking of territorial, what are galaxy hops? Galaxy hops, that's a, a particular type, a variety of hop that is from Australia. And those hops have a little bit more of a tropical sort of a flavor to them. So okay. they're very prized for their flavors and also because they go well in something like a hazy IPA, which tends to be a little more fruity 
and a little less of the uh, kind of piney and um, resiny sort of flavors of a West Coast IPA. Daniel Barnes, yep. what beer are you crazy into right now? Ooh, what beer am I crazy into right now? That is a good question. Well, it's hot out. I tend to kind of lay off the dark beers a little bit when it's hot out. Right. So I'm definitely way into IPAs and stuff right now. And I will tell you, going back to Urban Roots, they have some really great lagers and pilsners and kind of uh, mini saisons. Just crushing a fantastic, very drinkable, yet still complex pilsner or lager. All right. So thank you for indulging me, Daniel, on that. I Absolutely. Think, I think I, as well as our listenership, sound a little more informed the next time they're trying to hit on somebody at a bar. I should hope so. That's why I'm here. Yeah, get people laid. Um, and if you really like what we're doing on the show, please go over to iTunes and give us a rating. Rate us five stars, uh, nothing lower. I don't think it goes lower than that. Does it go lower than that? It definitely goes lower than that. Hit nope. the five or you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hi, everyone. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. I'm Joel. And I'm Austin. And we are Films on Trial. Basically, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. The films are suggested to us by our listeners and are then picked out of the hat at random, as are our roles. The first role is that of the defense who is trying to get the film placed on the hit list. And then there's the prosecutor who is trying to condemn the film. And most importantly, we have the judge who decides which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments put to them and not using their own opinion. There's also plenty of other things to keep you entertained, including some terrible songs, some poor xylophone playing, some questionable impressions, a caption contest, a quiz, and a whole host of banter. So, if you like the sounds of that, then why not check us out on your local podcast platform or on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk, where we will be in your ears. In the meantime, back to you, Daniel and Corky. Anybody who's podcasting knows the algorithm absolutely depends on five-star ratings and reviews. Yeah. Truly appreciate every single feedback we get. We're attention whores. Oh, absolutely. Seriously. So now let's read a few of our listener dares. These are dares that people have been uh, submitting to us at daredaniel.com. So if you've got a bad movie that you want us to watch, or maybe a movie that everyone hates that you actually love and you want us to watch, send it to us at daredaniel.com and we will review it on the show. Yeah. Uh, so I got a couple of dares here today. Our first dare comes to us from Matthew Doherty. What up, Matthew Doe? M. Doe uh, wants us to review a little film called Under the Boardwalk. This movie is from 1988. Do you do, know this movie? Do not know this movie. Never heard of it. It is directed by Fritz Kirsch. <laughs> yes, the Fritz Kirsch. I don't know what that means. No, the Fritz Kirsch. Okay. No, he's involved. <laughs> it stars Richard Joseph Paul. Danielle Von Zernick, and Adventures in Babysitting co-star Keith Coogan. Okay, I was convinced these were all pseudonyms until Keith Coogan showed up. <laughs> and now I'm sure. Why dare us to watch it, Matthew Doherty? He says, I remember this being a bad movie as a kid. Seems to be a harmless surfer movie, but it is far better. I thought I was getting away with something being able to watch this as a kid. Now I know my dad was allowing me this thrill because of its terribleness and abysmal acting. Thanks, Dad. Uh, he continues, This movie has ruined my view on little surfer towns. The IMDb synopsis says, Nick Rainwood and Ali Yorpin are a modern-day Romeo and Juliet. Boy, are they. <laughs> I'm in. Nick Rainwood and Ali Yorpin 
Ugh, I could just stop there. Nick Rainwood and Ali Yorpin are a modern-day Romeo and Juliet living in Southern California, separated by the unbridgeable gulf of their backgrounds, and torn between loyalty to their gangs and their real desires. So yeah, this seems like a movie that was thrown out in the late 1980s to capitalize on... Surfing? Surfing? And gangs? So you say it's a movie about gangs and Keith Coogan is in it. <laughs> Mr. Mayonnaise himself is going to play a gang tough. So yeah, this sounds essentially like West Side Story minus songs plus surfing. <laughs> so that sounds pretty good. Thank you, Matthew Doherty. Thanks, that Matthew. Under strong consideration. Uh, our next dare comes to us from our good old friend, Mr. David Reed. David Reed! What's no up, No word man? yet from Mrs. Reed. No, she hasn't been in touch. Do you think that maybe there's like... Do you ever do you ever watch Key and Peele? Do you ever see the character Wendell? No. He's like a fat guy who is like calling someone on the phone and pretending to have a girlfriend. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if there's a Wendell thing going on with David Reed. He's just like, Claire went to the red box again. <laughs> anyway. Uh, David Reed wants us to watch the film Saturn 3 from the year 1980. It is directed by the great Stanley Donan, who directed Seeing in the Rain, Charade, Funny Face for the Love of God. Screenplay by Martin Amos, starring Farrah Fawcett, Kirk Douglas, and Harvey Keitel. Okay. This sounds great. This does sound good. Why dare us to watch this movie, David Reed? He says, enduring the abomination that was shining through could bring up a whole series of bad more movies many of which would include Clint Eastwood, but I don't think you've reviewed a bad science fiction movie, of which there are many choices. Okay, I need to go back and listen to your Bright episode. Uh, Episode three. Yeah. Going back even further to 1980, Saturn Three, Kirk Douglas, Farrah Fawcett, and Harvey Keitel. What could be wrong with that combination? And Kirk Douglas does a nude scene. That's enough for me. This movie just made the Dare Daniel list. Right? Yeah. And plus, I like David's done his homework. Yeah. He knows that we haven't done a science fiction episode. Mm. Uh, he mentions two recently listened to episodes. This is how you get on the so list. you get on the show, people. Yes. The IMDb synopsis for Saturn 3 says, Two lovers stationed at a remote base in the asteroid fields of Saturn are intruded upon by a retentive technocrat from Earth and his charge, a malevolent eight-foot robot. This is funny because the band that I was in in college was called Retentive Technocrat. Um, eight-foot robot so, in my improv group. So that confused me. <laughs> but that is the film Saturn 3. Thank you very much, David Reed. Hey, David, thank you. thanks a lot. And thank you, Mrs. Reed, for putting up with it. I still want to hear from you. I still want to know what's happening. Contact us. So that's all we have for you on this little fun size mini episode. Fun size mini. Of course, on Tuesday, we will have our review of Can't Stop the Music. Don't miss that one. It's a really fun show. Yes. In the meantime, you know, go to daredaniel.com. Check us out on Dare Daniel Pod, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, send us your dares. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. Leave us a review on iTunes and all of that good stuff. Engage us in some fashion. Please, for the love of God. Attention whores. Attention whores. So for Dear Daniel, I am Daniel Barnes. And I'm Corgi McDonald. And that's it. That's the end of the show. Leave. Go. Get out of here.